Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. I'm, uh, my name's, my name's, my name's not Pastor Jesse, it's Jesse. Um, my wife Jessica, she is helping with the kids' room. I still love hearing the kids playing. Jesus, can we just, can we just, can we just give God just another set of praise? Just right, just like, just, just say some, put something on your lips, God. Lord, we love you. We thankful for you, God. We are thankful for you, God. <laughs> I never want to stop worshiping. It's never, it's never easy. Our team always jokes that nobody wants to transition out of worship. So we're like, no, you do it. No, you do it. <laughs> anyway, God, God's so good. Oh, he's so good. Okay, We're, we've been going through Ephesians. It's been really fun. Um, it's not, not our normal way of preaching where we go expository line by line through a whole chapter or something, but it's actually really cool. Um, it, it just it, For me, sometimes it feels overwhelming because there's just so much in some of these books. Like Ephesians is, ah, it's amazing. Anyway, um, Jesus, I wanted to share um, one thing real quick. I, we didn't get on this announcement. Um, Tim, where's Tim. Tim, where are you? Where are you? Tim. No, no, other Tim. Um, Tim, Tim Kent. No, no, no. What's his, what's Tim? Hargrove. He's in the back. Hey, uh, Tim Hargrove, is, he's been leading our, our, our uh, the words on the screen for worship, which without the words on the screen, some of you guys wouldn't know what to do. I get that. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> you're like, where's the words? I can't worship. Where's the words? Um, it's all right. There's, there's healing for that. Um, no, but really, I love the words on the screen because it helps us all stay together. So Tim has been in charge of that. He's been enlisting people. We need one or two more people because we had a couple of people transition out of that position. It's, it's incredibly important um, for, for, the, for the body. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but if you're someone that you think, man, I could do that. That's easy. Show up about 15 minutes before church. And then just when, you, when you're done... Um, when Susan's been done worshiping and, and doing that, you're pretty much, you're good. You can even, I think Tim does it sitting with an iPad in front of him. So um, if that's something you think you could do and you could, you could actually get, your, get worshiping around. Um, when we first started the church, I would do the words <laughs> from up there. And I tell you, I have never got so encountered by God um, up in that little room up there. So you could do it up there too if you want. I'm just saying that's, you don't have to. It's an iPad. Anyway, if, if, you, if, that, if that's something you want to do, come find me afterwards and I'll connect you with Tim. Okay. I wanted to start off with a t- testimony that, um, uh, that was, I, I saw this week by my friend Todd Castleberry. Some of you guys know him. Uh, they were going to our church for a long time. Then they moved to Arizona, um, but they still are really connected. Um, this is a crazy testimony. I'm just going to read it. And um, why do we share testimonies? If you're new here, you don't you haven't heard me say this. Testimonies are like are like the tracks for a train, if and, and the train is miracles. Testimonies lay the track for miracles for breakthroughs in your life. So if you're wondering why you don't see more breakthrough in your life, it might be because you're not hearing about breakthrough in your life. Okay, so uh, testimonies literally it, uh, the uh, in in. in Revelation says the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. I know I've said this a lot, but it's important that literally a testimony is the, is the, is the prophetic word of what Jesus has already done. And so when you share something that God has done in your life, it actually gives grace for him to do it again in somebody's life, okay? So this is why we're not wasting time. It's not filler. We haven't run out of things to say. We share testimonies because I want a victorious church, all right, so I'm going to share it. All right, this is awesome. So Todd, a little background. They own, uh, him and his wife own a, uh, a pretty dang successful lemonade stand. Um, they do multi-million dollar sales. Um, in, like they've got franchises. They started in Hawaii. Anyway, um, Wow Wow Lemonade. You can Google them, Instagram them, whatever. They're phenomenal. So here it goes. Um, a young teenage boy in a wheelchair came by our lemonade stand at the farmer's market last spring. So they do farmer's markets and they got a couple storefronts too. I was teaching some of our younger workers that Jesus still heals today and invited one of the young ladies to come pray for this teen in the wheelchair with me. The teen's name is Alex, and he let us pray for him, but he was really doped up on painkillers. Just reading it. He had been in a serious climbing accident, and doctors said his spine was pretty crooked and impacted. When we prayed, 
he felt peace and felt warmth in his back, but was too doped up to want to stand up and try to check for healing. Remember, the healing is in the checking. Um, yet he said a lot of pain left. He thanked us, yet I could tell he was super skeptical and even scoffed at us a little. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? Fast forward a few months, and his parents came by the stand at the market to share with me that their son was completely well and didn't have any need of the wheelchair. They had tears in their eyes and thanked me for praying for him, and I got to share Jesus with them. You know, when people encounter the um, healing, they usually want to know the healer. So if, if you ever heard this thing, of, well, why don't we just, shouldn't we talk about salvation instead of healing? Well, yes, but sometimes they need, they need a little motivation. They need to meet the healer instead of just hear about him. Okay. Well, fast forward to today, and the teen Alex came by and said, do you remember me? This is so cool. I did vaguely remember him as he stood out to me at the time. He went on to share how impacted his life has been for me taking time to pray for him. And that I, have, that I had no idea how this little lemonade stand changed his life. He went on to say how he realized God is real. And he had been an atheist. He had been an atheist and never had any interest in God and laughed at the idea of there even being a God. <laughs> Come on. He, he said he actually realized God is real after prayer because he started to feel his presence. It's a good church name right there. And shortly thereafter, God... <laughs> and shortly... <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I'm still wrecked by worship. All right. He started to feel his presence and shortly thereafter got off the painkillers and then quit doing drugs. Let me say this. You may still take painkillers for a couple of days after you get healed. You may not get off the medication right away after being healed, but God, maybe God leads you off of them. So shortly after, after he got off the painkillers and then quit doing drugs in his life, hello, and he, and, and he said he prays now and that his whole life has changed because he knows God is real and he feels him when he prays to him. I want to read this next part. I've never heard a testimony like this, kids, as I didn't have much time to share with him other than telling him Jesus would heal him. Such a short thing. Yet God really just took over and revealed himself to him in such a powerful way, and his entire life just turned around for the good. And he made all of these powerful decisions to quit drugs, pray, believe in God, have hope. And he was telling me that now he laughs at all the garbage he used to believe in that wasn't true, and how crazy he used to be, and how it all changed since that prayer. He came to the market to say thank you and to share his story with me. You really just never know what God can do until you step out and take the risk to love on someone. And that's today's message. Come on, I'm done. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> How many of you guys just, can you hear it? Can you think of all those times that you thought nothing happened? Man, that's the devil. That is, the, if the devil can do anything, it's to lie to you and say, nothing just happened. You should probably stop telling people about Jesus. You should probably stop praying for healing. It's not working. Come on. I, want to, I just want to encourage you guys with that. That's a really good word. I know you guys receive it. Glory. All right. Now more reading. <laughs> All right. We got to pray. Lord, Lord, we love you. <laughs> we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. We, we, we look at your face and we see the fire in your eyes. We see the love in your heart and we can feel how you cherish us and how you cultivate us as your body, God. So Father, we just ask you would cultivate us, that you would build us into a beautiful temple. I pray that everyone here, God, receives your word and that it would transform their life, that, it, that, that, there would be, there you, that you would pick something up. Even if I didn't say it, you'll hear it and, and it'll change everything. Yeah. Everybody just say this. I'm never going to be the same after today. Amen. All right.
according to your faith. All right, let's do it. Um, Ephesians 5, if you remember, if you're, if, you're, if you're new to the Bible or you're new to this, uh, this message, this series, Paul is in prison. And so let's keep that, let's keep that ahead of our, I said when we did Ephesians 1, he's in prison, he's in chains, he's not in a, in a nice prison, it's probably not a good smelling prison, it's probably not a hospitable prison, you know, it, it's a prison in Rome during a time when Christians were burned in the streets. Okay, all right, so he's writing about this, and he's writing to not just the Ephesians, but also a number of other places that this, this letter got passed around to. This is also when he, read, when he wrote Philippians, Colossians, I think a few others, okay? Um, and so I'm just setting the stage. That's where we're at, okay? Oh, this is so good. Um, I, I don't know if I'm going to hit all of it really deeply, because it's just going to, we're going to run out of time, and no one will be able to process anything. Um, but let, let's, let's jump in. Um, I'm just going to read. I read from um, the NASB. If you want to follow along and switch your, your iPhones over. I don't care what you read from. The message, the new living, the, the passion, uh, the, whatever. Just, just read the Bible. Just read the Bible. It's, it's good. It's good. It's, it's not that important. All right? I promise you, if you're worried about what version you're reading, you're probably not reading it. All right. Sorry. <laughs> That was good. All right. It's 11-11. All right, moving on. Therefore, be imitators of God. Verse 1. Say this with me. Be imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love just as Christ also loved you. Good Lord. How do we do a whole message on the whole thing when we want to stop there? Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. So don't just be imitators of God, but do it as beloved children. That's interesting. That's important. Listen, every word in here is important. When you learn to study the word, you learn to stop at each word. And then you gloss over a few and you stop a few more. But learn to stop at some of these words that, that, that change the whole thing. Okay, I'm going to teach you just a little bit more about Bible study. Listen, there is a really fun way of studying the word. Um, IHOP and Mike Bickle kind of coined this. But um, you basically, you take a scripture. Therefore, be imitators of God, just as beloved children. Just stop there. Now watch how I'm going to read it differently, and it's going to, and it's going to evoke something different. You ready? Therefore, be imitators of God. Right? So now what are you thinking? You're thinking about therefore. What are, what's it there for? And you go back up and you look, at, you look at Ephesians 4, right? Let me read it again. Therefore, be imitators of God. What are you thinking about now? Like, what do I have to be? What am I being? I'm being someone. I'm not a human doing. I'm a human being. Yes. What does it look like to be an imitator? Okay. How about this? Therefore, be imitators of God. Imitators. We're going to imitate something. What's that mean? It means to reflect something, be a reflection of something, be an image bearer, be an imitator. It means to imitate. Awesome. So if you're wondering, if you, if you want new ideas on how to like make the word come alive, start doing this. And just, just think about how you can do it. You can even sing it. Be imitators of God. Okay, sorry. As beloved children and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you, and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. You know who he's talking about? Jesus. You know who's the first imitator of God? Jesus. He says, I only do what the Father does. He's an imitator. Jesus himself just wanted to imitate the Father. And he wanted to do it as a son. Isn't that amazing? Not as a Christian, not as a mature person, but as a child of God. In fact, I think it's Matthew 5, it says, be perfect as he is perfect. I think in Luke it says, and, and, um, and show mercy as Christ showed mercy. Listen, we're called to be just like Christ. Um, John, uh, 1 John, it says, um, it says, as he is in this world, so are we to be. Meaning, as Jesus, as, as Jesus is. By the way, Jesus is alive, right? So we can say that. As he is right now in the world, so are we to be. So I, I love this idea. If you're ever wondering about theology and theological differences, Jesus is perfect theology. That's what that means, right? We imitate the one as he is. So 
does Jesus do this? Is this what he thinks? Is this what he would say? He is perfect theology. Okay, we're gonna move on. Oh. Thanks, Howard. I think that was Howard. Oh. <laughs> so good. Oh. Okay, verse three, we're moving on. But <laughs> All right, verse three. But immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you. Why? Because Jesus, it wasn't named among Jesus. And we're imitators. Just, just, just bringing it back, right? Bringing it back. Uh, uh, not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. And there must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. I want to I adjust this. When I read this, you can be like, don't do this and don't do that and don't do say those kind of things. Like you think that, right? And you're like, oh, what kind of Facebook articles have I read lately on that? You know, like whatever, you know? But what if you read it like this? Why would you be doing these things? Look at you. You're the image bearer of Christ. Look how glorious. You're, you're covered in light. Wow, Diane and Charlie, you guys have so much light coming off of you. Why would we do these things? And so sometimes we think about the don't do, don't do, don't do, or you're not going to inherit the kingdom. What he's really saying, I think, here is, why would you do these things? It has nothing to do with the kingdom. Why would you, why would you participate in slander, in, in sarcasm that tears people down? Why would you do that? Look at you. You're amazing. You're a child of God. You're an imitator of Christ. Why would you walk in that way? You know, in Romans, I think it's six, Paul's talking about like, you know, like don't, like you've been freed from sin. There's grace. So now there's no condemnation in sin. And then it says, what then would you, should we go on sinning? And Paul says, why would you? Why would you keep on sinning? That's ridiculous. You're made in the image of Christ. You've got the glory of God leaking out of your bones. And when you start to think in this way, you step out of condemnation. When you think in this way of like, why would I keep doing that? Then you're no longer looking at the sin and you're looking at the places you actually want to be. And wherever you look is where you're going to go. And so it's not saying, don't let any of these things, you know, uh, 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 no filthiness of silly talk, coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. He's saying, Live your life in a place of absolute gratitude. Being grateful for the people around you. Building them up. Don't tear them down. You know, all these, all these, these little filthy talks, coarse jesting, they're indicators that you need more of the kingdom in you. They're indicators that you're disappointed, you're hurt, you're, you're feeling disappointed, you're, that you're, you're a little envious and you're judging people around you. And so you're like, you're trying to make yourself feel better by tearing people down doesn't work. I'm just going to tell you. I know from experience it doesn't work. And so when, when we start to fix our eyes on the places that actually wants us to go, places of thankfulness, gratitude, man, your world, your world is so upgraded. Okay. <laughs> For this you know, verse 5, here we go, keep coming. For this you know that with certainty that no, <clears throat> no immoral or impure person or covetous Man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Listen, love has nothing to do with these things. We're becoming people of love. We're, we're people that literally we're called to be like Christ who is love. When I, when I read this, sometimes I think of like, does that mean we can't be saved? Does that mean we don't enter the kingdom? What does that mean, God. If, those, if you're asking those questions, you're probably in, the, in a really good place because your heart is pure. Because your heart does not wanna, doesn't even want to even get near that stuff. And so if you're asking these questions like, wow, how could I lose my salvation? It's the wrong question, right? Hallelujah, you're asking them because, you know, that's the heart of a, of a son that wants to be like his dad. But I want to remove any hint of self-condemnation, any wrongful questions that might lead you down the wrong path. Like, the right question is, God, how do I get closer to the kingdom? Amen. 
which you can't because the kingdom is all around you. But, but the questions are like, how do, I, how, do I, how do I become more like who you say I am? And if you are thinking about these things, idolatry, lustful, immoral, man, praise God that we have somebody that's standing in the gap for us. All right, verse six, where am I? I, I do have notes, Holy Ghost. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know that Paul bragged that he learned from no man, that God taught him directly. So, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm okay. I'm, it's, it's okay to have people teach stuff, I hope. Um, but what I want to encourage you guys is, I want, to, I, want, you know, I want to seed faith into you that the Holy Spirit wants to teach you all things. Uh, you know, whether, whether you're a four-year-old or you're a, or a, or you're a 30-year-old or a 40-year-old, um, raise the roof, 40-year-olds. Um, God wants to teach you. And I just want to, as, as a family, like, I want you to keep that in the back of your head. Like, if you don't know, if you're having a hard time learning stuff, just thank you, Father. You give wisdom to those who ask. He says he gives wisdom to those who ask. All right, moving on. Let no, one, let no one deceive you with empty words. Everybody say empty words. Empty words. Empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Are you guys sons of God or sons of disobedience, right? So, he's, so he's, we're sons of God, okay? So when people try to come in with a, with a horrible Facebook article or something, I don't know. There's a lot of those. Um, they're, 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 meant, they're meant to deceive you. How do they deceive us? They skew truth sometimes. They, they take stuff out of context. And listen, the, the, I'll just keep reading. Uh, do not let anyone deceive with empty words because these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. What he's saying there is he's saying like, listen, the people that are gonna try and deceive you away from the truth, the gospel, the good news, those people should probably look out. Because that it's, there's just, there's no fruit in pulling people away from truth. This is why I'm really careful about giving people advice. My, my greatest desire is to push people to Jesus, push people to the Father. What should I do? Should I quit my job and do this? I'm like, what's the Father telling you to do? <laughs> because if, I, if God's got you on this path, and I'm like, well, I think this is a good path. Good Lord. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I know I can repent. I know he can tell me, like, Jesse, you don't do that. I can, and I'll get the message. I'm, I'm a good son. But, but man, I'm, I am, I'm a little, I'm just, I have a lot of reverence for the path that people are on. And that my heart is always, if I can, what's God saying to you? What's God saying to you? What's the Father saying to you? Have you talked to God about this yet? But he's not answering. I would accept, I just want to say, just keep talking to him. Because the Bible says my sheep hear my voice. And they don't hear the voice of another. And so I just keep pushing them back to Jesus. Keep going. And they're like, but I want to know what you have to say. I get that. I'll give you some ideas. But keep going to Jesus. All right. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were formerly darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the... Is that a, that sounded like a goat. Was that a baby? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I am still wrecked from worship. Um, that's my excuse. Spirit of God. All right. Forgive me. If this is hard for you, it's really hard for me. Um, for you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Now remember, he's talking to a group of people. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Come on. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord, or proving what is pleasing to the Lord. Before you got saved, you were children of darkness. Prone to wander. I know, this is the gospel again, I'm sorry. 
prone to wander, prone to not hear his voice. But he calls his children of what? Come on. And who, who's the light of the world? Christ. Jesus. He's the light of the world. And we are children of light. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret, but all the things become visible. Everybody say visible. When they are, but all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason, it says, awake, awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Let me talk about darkness and light real quick. Uh, one quick thing is, uh, you know, sometimes our, you know, spiritual warfare, we're like, oh, we pray against the darkness and stuff. And, you know, how many of you guys, uh, when you turn on the light to your bedroom, when it's dark in there, you're, you're, you're anticipating a battle. <laughs> go, 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 go. <laughs> like cheering God on, like pray, go light. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's no battle. When you turn that light switch on, what happens? It's light, right? Unless there's no power. Come on. Come on, Holy Ghost. All right, so but listen, there's no battle between light and darkness. So I want that to sink a little deeper into other compartments that you haven't let it into yet. There's no battle between light and darkness. There's no battle. There's no battle against light and dark. There's, God is, has no opponents. He doesn't have opponents. He sent Satan to the earth so that we would displace him, not war and battle with him. There's, God, there's, there's no like, God, good luck today. <laughs> you can do it, God. He's like, I don't need your encouragement, actually. <laughs> I'm quite secure in my victory that happened back then. So what we could say after this is live your life as if there's no question of what happens when you become light. Some of you guys are like, well, I'm in a battle right now. I'm, I'm fighting for my life. You don't know. Like I've got sickness or I've got family issues. I got all these. Listen, there is a reality that the natural realm still is figuring this out. It's still wondering who's going to stand up and declare that they're a son and a daughter of Christ. All of creation longs for the revealing of the sons and daughters. They're, they're, it longs for the light bearers to stand up and say, there's no battle. And sometimes you stand up and you say there's no battle and you still see a battle. And so after you've stood, stand. It, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be a... It's not going to be a walk in the park someday. Some days it's going to be really hard. Some days it's going to be excruciating. You're going to be laid up on a bed with your back hurt or something, you know. <laughs> but you know what? We have to stand on truth. We can't get away from truth because my circumstances say that there's a real battle out there and, and, I, and we should be praying for God to win. When Jesus said it's finished, that was, his, that was all he had to say. And he was really clear, I think. It wasn't a parable. It's finished. And our jobs as children, imitators of Christ, as beloved children, our job as the light people is to walk in truth. And, and, and when it doesn't feel like it's working, 
We keep doing it because a couple months later, a boy named Alex is going to come find us and tell us it worked. I'm going to preach over here. <laughs> but did you, do, you, do you get me, guys? Like, this is the gospel. It's not complicated. I, I'm going to keep reading. I know I will, but. What time is it? Are you guys okay? All right. I'm having fun. All right. Um, I want to talk one more thing about light. Light and darkness. It, it says that things that are, all things become visible when they're exposed by the light. This is, I want, I want, to, I want to shout this little piece out there because I don't know if I, want to, I would ever have a whole message around this. This is perfect. Listen, God, imagine walking up into your attic, okay, and you turn the light on and, and the light shines and you see some dirt. What do you do? You clean it up, right? We just cleaned, <laughs> we just cleaned our garage this, uh, on Saturday. Nothing makes me happier than when my garage is cleaned. I don't know what it is. It's probably just me, but I walk into a dirty garage, I have to step over a blanket to get to the pancake griddle or something, like, because pancakes are Saturdays, right? Saturday pancakes, right? And um, when I grew up, we used to have skin cakes, because Skinner, skin cakes. Anyway. Now you know me. You, you know me. Um. <laughs> um, but I, I, I can't handle, I, I can handle it. Clearly I can because it's dirty often. But I can't, it's hard for me to handle a dirty, disorganized garage. It's like every time I walk in there, I want to be like, I'm out of here. I'm out. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you said you had victory. This is not victory. <laughs> this is a battle. <laughs> we are losing God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but this Saturday was one of my favorite Saturdays of all time because we cleaned out the garage. And I love my, my, uh, my, my brother-in-law, James. He's like, he saw it at the end of the day. And he's like, what happened to all the stuff? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. It was there and now it's not. Like, I don't know what happened. I, I threw three things away, but yet this thing is, is awesome. So I, I, I don't know what's going on with junk and stuff. It has a way of just like spreading itself out. But here's the deal. When you turn the light on, you clean up that area. You know, if, if, if a year later, you grow a little bit, you mature. And then you go up there and, and somebody's actually changed the light bulb to a little bit brighter light on you. And you turn the light on this time, and now there's dirt in the corners was it always there? It was always there, wasn't it? Right? You didn't do anything. You didn't change anything. The light got brighter. And so now you see some more dirt. You see some more places of growth, some more places that need refining, some more places that don't believe they're a beloved son of Jesus. So my point in saying this is that sometimes we can get discouraged when we, when we grow a little bit and we face a new trial. We face a new place of like, oh, I thought I was past all this stuff. Or maybe there's a new relationship in your life and it's causing all new things to come up inside of you. And you kind of, I, I mean, I, I used to get discouraged of like, God, I've been a Christian for over six years. Why am I still dealing with this stuff? And you know what? You've never been there before. You've never been in this new place before. How many of you guys are in a place that you've never been before? Raise your hand. I've never been here before. Maybe it's a new job. It's a new relationship. Maybe, maybe you were 30 and now you're 40. Maybe you didn't have a kid, but now you do. Like, I didn't realize I was selfish. Where'd this come from? Who prayed this on me? <laughs> come on, parents. You know what I'm talking about. Nobody cursed you. You were always a little selfish there. But there was nothing to call it out in you. There, was, there wasn't enough light in that area for you to recognize, I got to get this taken care of. All you single people don't know what I'm talking about, but you're selfish, every one of you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't speak that over you. That's not okay. 
I take it back. Je- Jesus' name. <laughs> but listen, listen, I want to encourage you as you grow and mature. I'm not going to, I don't know that it's good theology that your light gets brighter. Okay, because your light is his righteousness. It doesn't get any more righteous. So theologically, <laughs> I want you to grab that. But as you grow and mature, you're being formed into his likeness. And you get closer and you get closer. And maybe you go on a trip to, where are you guys going? El Salvador. El Salvador. Maybe you go to El Salvador and you think you're, you're pretty hot stuff. I'm a pretty strong Christian. I'm seeing, I'm praying for people. Alex came back and he got healed. That's awesome. I'm going to El Salvador. And you go there and you, and you, you get in these prayer meetings where, where the spiritual climate might be different, might be a little bit more crazy. And all of a sudden you get insecure and you're like, oh, how did I get insecure all of a sudden? Where did this come from? It's a demon. <laughs> Some of you guys got to stop blaming this on demons, all right? I'm just going to be real. Stop saying those things. <laughs> it's most likely a part of you that hasn't submitted to Jesus yet. Listen, there's nothing wrong with that. In a sense, you're maturing. Listen, when my kids are, 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 are three and six, they do different things when they're four and seven, Right? They now use their fists, and it's, it's just not okay, but, but they're, they're growing, right? Before, they just screamed at each other and hissed at each other, and now they learn to kick. I'm like, who taught them that? Disney. Okay, so <laughs> listen, they're not as, as innocent movies as you think they are, all right? Get a four-year-old and watch how he reacts when the music gets kind of, all right. I'm off that. Okay. Yeah, I'm not against Disneyland. All right. You seasoned pastors, holders. Um, but listen, you will grow and you'll mature. And there's things that God's grace was on you last year, but it's not on you this year. See, I believe that God pulls back his grace in certain dysfunctions because what was okay last season is not okay this season. Listen, if you're not growing, if you're not, seeing, if you're not moving forward in your calling, then don't listen to me because it doesn't matter. Because you're not going to be convicted of growth because you're okay right where I'm at. But most of you guys, especially if you're in this church, you're, you're pursuing God. And so you're going to grow. You will. Healthy trees, good trees grow. And so I just want to encourage you guys. You've never been here before. You're in a new place. There's there's new light being let in to places that there wasn't light there before. And you got to give yourself grace. Work through it. Work through it. Wow, I'm I'm where did I get this insecurity from? It it must it must not be mine. Because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a son of God who's perfect in every way. And so now you start to figure out what's true about who I am, God. And now that truth is tested not just at home, but it's tested in El Salvador. Because next year it might have to be tested somewhere else. So I want to encourage you guys. Like if you're, if you're, if you're going through trials, or, you know, insecurities, personal stuff, selfishness, your marriage all of a sudden becomes a little bit more communicative, okay? That's okay. Hallelujah. You're growing closer into the likeness of God. Just keep going and he'll finish what he started. All right, all right, all right. Back to the word. Jesus, we love you. Okay. <laughs> We're like halfway through this. Okay. All right. Verse 15. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. Says the one in prison right now. Okay. Just being real. Like he's in prison and he's telling everybody else, make the most of the time that's on the earth right now. And what, what he could be saying here, he's saying, make the most of the call on your life. Make the most of his plan that he has for you. Don't waste your time quarreling amongst yourselves. Don't waste your time in unforgiveness. 
like I was saying during communion. That, that's a waste of time, right? Unforgiveness, waste of time. Small thinking, waste of time. Fighting without trying to go for connection, complete waste of time. All right. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't waste time. Find out what he wants to do. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. You know what I think he taught, why, why he hits on this don't be drunk thing? Because I honestly, I'm not sure, but it feels like people might have been drunk at the wedding where he multiplied the wine, okay? There was a, I would imagine the amount of wine that he created out of water at the end after all the other wine was drunken. It's possible that people were a little intoxicated. So I don't know. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying you should be drunk. My point in this is I think he's saying is being drunk is a waste of time. What I think what he's saying here is being drunk has nothing to do with the kingdom. And, 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 if, and if I believe that God's strategy is to keep telling you who you are so you stop doing things that take you away from the plan that he has for you. So I could say, don't get drunk. Don't, you know, you shouldn't drink too much. And I could say, why? Because you're going to make bad decisions or you're going to, um, you're going to say things you'll regret. Those are all really true. But what I'd rather just say is, don't waste your time with drunkenness. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled. Be, be, uh, be possessed with God's presence. Because good decisions come out of that. Good actions will always, being drunk, <laughs> Kevin Dedman is a, is a, is a fun, fun leader and, and a teacher in the body, and he, he, he has whole messages around being drunk in the, whole, in the spirit. And um, I won't go into them, um, because we have kids that are going to be picked up in, the, in, in a little bit. But he likens being filled with the Holy Spirit to being drunk. And here's what he says, which I really like, is that drunk people take risks. They take stupid risks. So I, 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 I kind of like that analogy um, because we've all seen drunk people. None of us have been drunk, but we've all seen it. <laughs> we've all seen it, right? Um, I'll just stop at that. Um, but, and we all can see like, the ridiculousness. I mean, I, I was in the Navy, guys. I've seen some crazy stuff. I've seen guys in shopping carts down hills in downtown San Diego, like, that I have no idea how they did not get more hurt. <laughs> Those were not glory days. Don't replicate them. Be imitators of Christ, all right? And so, but I'm telling you, like, like drunk people that are intoxicated, they do stuff. They do stuff that fear somehow being filled and intoxicated has this weird thing of getting rid of fear. Right? When you're, <laughs> have a couple more drinks and go ask her out. Like, <laughs> so what, imagine, imagine what would it be like. In fact, what is it? In, in Acts 2, we, you know, they, they flood out of the prayer meeting with tongues of fire and the wind. And everybody says, these people are drunk and it's only 10 a.m. Like, no, they're not drunk as you suppose. <laughs> they're, they're, they're filled. <laughs> no, they look drunk. <laughs> well, they are drunk, just not as you suppose. They're intoxicated. And what happened? 3,000 people, more than 3,000 people got saved in a day. They were drunk. They were intoxicated. They were filled up. They were overwhelmed with a prayer meeting. In a prayer meeting. Come on, how many prayer meetings have you been to that don't get you drunk? <laughs> we need better prayer meetings. <laughs> I'm just, I'm being real. <laughs> we, need, we need prayer meetings where we're reading the word and going, oh God, fill us up, God. Fill us up with your presence, with your word. 
I read his word. Even as I'm preaching it, I get filled up. I'm, I'm holding it together up here. You know that. All right. You want to have more courage, liquid courage. The Holy Spirit has so much courage. And so I want to encourage you guys. Um, how, do you, how do you get filled up with more of the Holy Spirit? How do I get drunk? And I don't really want to say drunk because people misunderstand me, but how do I get filled up? I like that. Okay, okay. So how do you get filled up? You just, you just start opening yourselves up. And if you're not good at this, you do it, do it until you get good. And you just say, God, I, I want to be filled up with you. From the top of my head to my toes, I want to feel your presence. I want to be filled with you, God. Let's do that right now. Can we do that right now? It feels important to me. It feels important. Everyone close your eyes because I don't want you to be distracted by the handsome person in front of you. Just close your eyes. Put your hand out if this is new to you. Hallelujah. You do new things well. I just declare that over you. <laughs> Hold your hands out like, like, you're, like you're expecting a gift to be put in your hands right now. So just kind of like I'm ready for something. And I want you to just put this on your lips however softly you want. Just say, God, I just, would you fill me up right now? I love your word. I love your praise. I love your worship. Fill me up right now, God. And just imagine how much he loves you. And he wants to put his hand on you. He cherishes you. Now, you don't have to feel anything right now. But I need you to believe it. I need you to believe. That it's impossible for you not to receive his presence. It's impossible. I don't care if you feel it. I don't care. Just say thank you, God. Thank you, God, for what you're doing right now. Thank him. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in me. Thank you for what you're doing, God. Say, I love your presence. I love, your, I love that you're intimate. And I do want to feel your presence, God, but I'm okay if I don't feel you that much right now. I trust you, God. Just, just tell him, I trust you, God. I trust you. I trust you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, you guys can do that anytime you darn well want. I would encourage you, before you open the word, you do that. Just 10 seconds. And what you're, what's going to happen is you become aware of his presence around you. Rather than diving in and expecting the word to do some magic in you without him leading you in it. So just do that. I, I, that. That's advanced Christianity right there, I think. I think, it's, I think it's like advanced level. But you're all advanced now, so that's good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, we're gonna go to verse 22 because we gotta get through this. I'm still having fun. All right, um, oh, this is a good one. Are you guys ready? This is, it's titled Marriage Like Christ and the Church. How many of you guys are not married? Raise your hand. Not married. Not me. How many of you guys are married? Raise your hand. Awesome. This applies to you. All of you. All right? We're going we're gonna to try to do this. If I don't finish, I'll probably stop early, but that's okay. Um, okay, verse 22. Wives, and you know who you are. Be subject to your own. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes this feels like, this, like, like, oh, God, this is that scripture where wives have to be under their husbands, O oh Lord. All right, wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the... Stop it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Can we have fun on Sundays, please? Like, all right, Jesus. I feel God's presence just increased when we all did that. All right. No commentary. All right. All right, wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. This is sensitive stuff. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church. He himself, he himself being the savior of the body. 
but also as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. Um, listen, as, um, let's, let's take this away from marriage real quick. The body. We, the body is the bridegroom. We're the wife, right? Sorry, guys. This is tough. I know. You're the bridegroom. That makes it easier, all right? He is, he's the groom, right? We are married to him. When we get saved, this is what he's talking about, actually. He's actually talking about the body, who is Christ's fullness on the earth. The body, us, it's a family, not a building, not a church building, the body. And so he's talking about, listen, when you get saved, you get betrothed. What happens to Christ and, and Nicole, when they get married, when she gives her life, to, when she gave her life to Jesus, they became married. I don't know who did the ceremony, but they got married, okay? <laughs> Maybe it was the Holy Ghost, I don't know. But listen, they got married, two became how many? Two became how many? Are you ever able to be separated from Christ now? Why? Because you're, because you're one. It's simple, but I'm telling you guys, breaking it down to this, this, this will help your beliefs when you're not feeling like one. Two become one. And so the church, this is what I love, the church gets to enjoy, because the church honors Christ as the head, what do we get out of that? We get the full advantage of salvation when we yield ourselves fully to Christ. And just like that, if for you wives, when the wives enjoy every benefit her husband represents in her abandonment to him. When a wife recognizes the husband, like the church recognizes Christ as the protector, the defender, the coverer, the strong place that they get to be, they get to be held and, and, and set apart into. When the wife is able to do that, she gets all the benefits of that oneness that comes. Okay, now it really helps when the husband looks like Christ. It really helps. <laughs> Listen, if, if, if you've ever said this, you're like, well, I don't, I don't think that's right. Why shouldn't, I don't think that's what it means. We shouldn't be subject to our husbands. It's probably because you don't like the idea of the man your husband's turning into. I'm just, and that's, that's, that's real, that's honest, it's okay. Guys, we got a tougher job here. We got a tougher job. But I'm telling you, that's in place because there's benefits. When you don't honor Christ as the head and he's just another advisor, do you really think you get to walk in the same pathways with all the, with all the, um, the covering and the defense and the, and, the, and the cuddles that he gives you? I love cuddling, sorry. <laughs> it's when you honor him as as the one that wants to draw you in and comfort you, that you experience all of that goodness. Amen? Yeah. It's the same way in marriage. It may not be fun because the husband is not quite where he needs to be yet, but he will be if we, speak, if we have hope for him and we speak life into him. All right, moving on. This isn't, I'm, not, I'm not preaching that much on that, but, but listen, if you're, not, if you're not married, this is Christ. Lean into Christ as a wife. All right, husbands, 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 love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might, Christ, might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water and with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. I'm going to read this. This is a, from this verse, this is a, this is a, this is a translation called the Mere Translation. I, I believe the guy that wrote is Francois de Troyes. He's kind of a glory preacher. I like what he says. He says this. He says, husbands, he says, husbands loving, the husband loving his wife pictures the parallel of Christ loving the church completely and his unreserved, say that, unreserved, now say it with more conviction. Unreserved, come on. Unreserved, his unreserved giving of himself to us. Christ unreservedly gave himself to us. Some of you guys think, well, Christ just, he's like this figurehead that we have to somehow press into. No. 
Christ unreservedly threw himself into the church, into us. And it's the same for the husband. Oh gosh, this is so good. This is what marriage is all about. It celebrates love's initiative. Whether coming from the husband or the wife, this awakens a different level of commitment beyond the sense of duty or guilt. But you see, here's what marriage is supposed to be. It's supposed to be two people that are intentional with unreservedly giving themselves to each other. Listen, when marriages start to get rocky, it's usually because someone's afraid, and so they hold themselves back from the other person. Because I'm afraid if I give myself full to this person, they're not being fun to be around. And I don't want to reward bad behavior. So I'm going to hold back my, I'm going to reserve my love. I'm going to reserve my whole self. But you see, Christianity's not meant to work that way. And you know who doesn't, unre, who's never reserved towards us? Come on, who? Come on, say it again. Say it again. He's, he's never reserved. He doesn't have good days, bad days. He's not afraid when you're acting not fun towards him. And our marriages are supposed to be like that. Places that have, there's no business. Fear has no business in a marriage. Fear will always create a place where we're asking these types of questions. Well, how much do I have to submit? Well, how much do I have to lay my life down for her? Like all of it or just like, Weekends. Because I, 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 need my, I, need, I need me time after work. I need some decompressed time. I need to get on Facebook. No, honey, I won't clean the bottles. That was what I said. And then God said, oh. Oh, this is about you. I thought you just told me you wanted to learn more about laying your life down. And instantly, in fact, what she said was, honey, would you mind, uh, could you clean the bottles and bring them up? We had, I think it was Reagan was just born and I'm sitting there after a long day of ministry school. Oh. And, <laughs> and I'm, I'm literally on Facebook, I swear, it must have been Facebook because I had no value for Instagram. And, um, and I remember pausing. I remember pausing for effect. So she would know. And I'm having me time. I just got home. Woman, don't you know? <laughs> Submit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I, remember, I could hear it in my voice. I'd, say, I'd, I'd pause, and then I'd say very selflessly, yeah, hon, I'll, I'll get that. I'll bring him up. Because I'm an imitator of Christ, so I was going to serve her by cleaning the bottles out. But as I'm cleaning the bottles out, God spoke to me and he says, Jesse, I saw what you did there. I saw what you did there. <laughs> you, you were reserving some, some, some me time, weren't you? <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> Long day. A lot of people were pulling on me, God. <laughs> A lot of expectations. <laughs> A lot of ministry for you. I need some me time. <laughs> and I felt the conviction. And, and because, because I'm a good son, I'm a good tree that bears good fruit, just like you guys are, I, do, I knew what to do. And I repented. I said, Father, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I was, I was, I'm selfish. And I told Jessica what I had done so that she would know I'm going after this. And I want to encourage you guys. Some of you guys think you need some me time away from Jesus. What do I mean by that? How long is church really going to be? Like, it's just, I mean, I've got lunch plans. I mean, I've got, I mean, what, 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 what take five, what is it, home groups? I don't, I don't have time for home groups. I've got, I've got hangout time. It's been a long week. I prayed for two people this week. What? I'm being super funny because I've got tons of grace because I've been, I've, been, I've been at all. But I want to I encourage you. This last thing I'm going to say because I can hear the kids. They're about to overtake us. <laughs> there is a battle. There is a battle, ladies and gentlemen. And we're not winning. But I want to encourage you guys. If I can say this to our hearts, directly to our hearts with beautiful grace attached to it, with no, with no guilt or shoulds attached to this. There's... Marriage isn't a, is a should. It's not a have to. It's a get to. 
and you, when, it, when it is a get to, when you, when, you, when you unrestrain yourself in a marriage, you get all the benefits. And so if you're wondering, God, why not am I where I'm supposed to be? He's probably saying, well, where are you? I get you for two minutes a day sometimes. Now, don't get me wrong. You, he gets you every second of the day because there's no, you're one. But, do you get his, but does he get your attention? Does he get your thoughts? Does he get your repentance? Does he get your, oh, forgive me, God. That was so silly. Does he get that from you? It's not about perfection. It's about giving yourself unrestrained to the one that just wants to rock your world. He wants to take you into places you have no idea. Why don't you stand with me? And hear me, I'm not trying to convict anybody. If I convict you, it's wasted. But if you can feel the love of God pulling on you, wanting, wanting your attention, then we're winning. And so I want to pray for us right now. I, I don't know if this is you. I'm not going to have anybody raise hands. If this is you, awesome. If you're like, I'm good. I'm tithing my time. My, my how many, 10 hours a week is 10%. I don't know what it is. Anyway, put your hand on your heart right now. I'm going to pray for us that, that this, that, you know what, God, you can't draw near to God unless he, draw, unless he pulls you towards him. It is not your love for him that got you saved. It was his love for you. And so there's no striving in this, but there's an openness. And I'm going to pray right now. Father, I pray that every heart here would be opened, that every, every, every mouth would want to say yes, Lord. And I pray, God, in every area of our lives, in our business, in our schooling, in our parenting, in our marriage, in our alone time, in every area of our life, God, I pray that there would be a yes in our heart as you draw us in. And Father, I pray that there would be a, a wonderful pull on us. I pray, I, I get a picture of the moon as pulling the tides in. I pray that, that God would be such a draw for you. I pray that the word would come alive to us, God, like never before. Right now, I think that's a word for some of you guys. You're going to open the word and it's going to come alive. And it's going to draw you in like a lover. Lovers always get more done than workers. Father, I pray that, that you would make us into lovers that want to be unrestrained in our pursuit of you. Unrestrained. And I pray for every marriage in here, Father. I pray that, there, there, that, that, that fear would run. I pray that fear has no place in our marriages, God. There would be no filters of fear when we communicate. I pray that there would be a disarming of darkness, God. I pray in marriages specifically, Father, that anything that is dark will be called out into the light, that there would be an exposing of fear, that where someone was digging their heels in a marriage, they would say, oh, I give up. I was afraid. I was afraid. That was me. I was afraid. I dug my heels in. I want to love, though. Love is unafraid. And Father, I pray for healing of, 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 of places and marriages in all relationships, and especially, God, and especially, I pray that there's a revealing of fear in our relationship with you, God, that people in this room, there's people in here right now, I'm speaking to a few of you, that in some ways you mistrust God. You don't trust him because of how you felt he let you down in the past. And I want you to right now, I, want to, I, want, I pray it would be revealed and you'd have quick repentance You'd say, Father, forgive me for not trusting you. And I hear the Lord say, come on, let's go now. I say, pick, pick up your bags, let's go. The Lord is, is he's, he's quick, he is quick to forgive, slow to anger. And so, Father, do a deep work in us, God. May we just be filled with your Holy Spirit. Filled with your Holy Spirit. May we be drinkers of your kindness, drinkers of your goodness, God, so that people would look at us a little funny. <laughs> God, we love you, and we just pray all these things are reality in your name, that this is truth. Amen. Amen. Come on. Jesus. Jesus. Hey, if you're on the prayer team, come on up. We've got a powerful prayer team.
If you, need a, if you need a word from the Lord today, we have people up here that are highly trained snipers, and they know, they, they, they hear the Lord, and they want to speak it over you. If you need something, if that, would, if that would set you on fire this morning, come on up, get a word. We love you guys. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.